Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's Vacation Station show. Uh, You know, the fourth Tuesday of the month, that means it is time to chat with Debbie Stone. We call her the Fire Monkey. She's got a little spitfire in her, and she travels around the globe, across the country. And today she is joining us to talk about her adventures on the island of Hawaii. Um, Her article about it is all up on nationalparktraveling.com. We're very excited because she got to go to a park that we talk about a lot on our shows uh, with the National Parks Arts Foundation, artists and residents that go to Hawaii National, uh, Hawaii uh, Volcanoes National Park. And she got to go there so we can have insights on that. She went to another national monument. Uh, She went to Hilo. She went to Kona. She played with coffee. I shouldn't say she played with coffee. She drank coffee. She ate well. She went snorkeling she played with played in waterfalls she got to see these amazing waterfalls i mean she had a good time and she had um shaved ice which is a little different so we've got a lot to uh, talk about today so welcome back fire monkey how are you I am doing very well. Aloha to you. <laughs> I, I know. Aloha. I want to say, you. I just have you playing everywhere because you are a fire monkey. I'm like, she, she's playing with her snow cone. But it's a snow cone is not a snow cone. It's not. Shaved ice. It's different than a snow cone, right? Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have one if you go to any of the islands of Hawaii because it's, it's oh. a definite, uh, uh, you know, uh, popular treat and uh, uh, there is a, a big difference, totally difference. You know, snow cone is is the kind of like a, it's like chopped ice kind of thing. This is just you know totally it's made with shaved, not crushed uh, ice. So it's uh, you know then it's like mounded into this little cup or a cone or whatever, and you they put uh, syrups on it, and then you can be toppings with all different kinds of things. And uh, so yeah, it's it's one of those things that you have to you have to at least try. I've I've had it now. Several times, uh, different of uh, the different islands that I visited uh, over the years, and uh, mm-hmm. I always look forward to having it when I when I uh, go to the islands. It's just a, a great treat. So Hawaii itself, you went on what people um, typically like to say, Big Island, which I know that they're moving away from saying that this is like the main island of the the largest one of the chain of islands of Hawaii, right? And, um, Correct, and, and usually it's referred to um, as Island of Hawaii or Hawaii Island. Either ah, one is appropriate and authentic in that respect. So, okay, uh, yeah. So that that is that's an important distinction, I think. And um, you know, I respect the fact that uh, there is this movement towards um, you know ed- re-educating people about about the island itself. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's also important to say that. Um, I especially am not going to pronounce anything correctly. And I don't mean that in a, I just, I'm terrible at it. And I try it until I actually stay in a place for a long time. It takes a while because I've lived in too many places where my brain goes into different, you know, languages, literally. And um, and I'm blonde, so that's my excuse that I'm sticking to it. <laughs> that's an old, terrible excuse to have. No, but I think when you when you um, actually stay in a place um, for a while and really get yes. to 
so you know you you need to be in a place for about a month or so before you really start to understand the lingo and uh the language the dialogue dialect um and so it takes a while but we want to get it as best as we can um and i think that's a thing to go to hawaii to so that we can learn you know the actual um you know just how to say things i mean to me that's the thing i want to say things correctly we we do so many interviews uh, with people around the world and i'm like i will sit and pronounce and practice and pronounce and practice they get on the show have it all right they said oh you said it perfectly as soon as we hit the record button or go live <laughs> oopsie i'm so sorry i didn't mean it so know that Am I speaking yeah. for you too, Debbie, on this? Because I know I, it's... You know it's... what? I am, yes, and I, try, I have tried very hard to um, practice some of the pronunciation of the, of the words because I really do cool. want to try to get it as yeah. correct or as close to that as, pop, as possible um, because I understand, you know, it's a, you, you know, it's names of places, people, spots of history that are very important. And so, you know, I, I want to try to get it as correct as I can and not, and not butcher it, so to speak. Mm. And Hawaii is, you know, a lot of us are used to Hawaii and uh, not putting the apostrophe between the two eyes and it's Hawaii. Right. Um, right. So that would be a good starting place. And this is the yes, main island is. that you're talking about. And so you went and apparently were met with some rain. <laughs> well, you know, the first place that we uh, uh, were in was Hilo. And Hilo has a distinction of being the wettest city in the United States. And um, I don't think I knew that beforehand, although I quickly got to, to, to uh, observe and experience that when we were there. Uh, it really does rain there. I think it, they say it rains about an average of 276 days a year. And, uh, you know, you'll get these heavy, when we were there, we uh, got these heavy squalls, these downpours. But then all of a sudden it would stop and the sun would come out. And, you know, it was nice and warm and toasty. And you'd go about and do your, your whatever you needed to do. And then, uh, you know, however long later, it would do it again. And so it was kind of one of these things of ebbs and flows. And mm. we kind of just, um, my husband and I, who was with me traveling, we just kind of uh, got used to that. You know, we had a decent raincoat, um, you know, so we just... Uh, you know, it went on and then went off. The raincoat on, the raincoat off. You know, so uh, wow. it, you just get used to it. But the the upside or the silver lining to all this liquid sunshine is the fact that the waterfalls were spectacular because they were, you know, thundering. They were just unbelievably beautiful. And I oh. love waterfalls. I'm a waterfall. They are magnets for me. So I was thrilled about that because uh, there are some really notable ones on on the island of Hawaii. So uh, that was a that was a great experience to be able to see those. I mean, your photos and everyone, uh, Debbie's got her article up on nationalparktraveling.com uh, talking about her adventures um, on the island of Hawaii. And um, so just type that in, uh, island of Hawaii, and it'll come up. And um, you'll also see all kinds of other things about uh, the beautiful state and all the islands. But um, your photos, you've got these amazing waterfalls and it, you know, it looked like no matter where you went, you were in a place of paradise. And so, I mean, did that kind of, did you kind of pinch yourself like, hey, I am in this paradise world. And, and when you're in that kind of paradise, do you feel like, you know, I'm in this majestically beautiful place with, you know, some of the places you were hiking through with wild orchids and flowers. And do you feel like, um, like you want to take care of this place? when you're there oh, definitely. because it's I mean, so it's, special. And, and, 
and so many of the places are preserved and conserved and there are beautiful botanical gardens and you know it's it's such a lush and dazzling colorful place um everything is verdant green and then all these beautiful tropical flowers and plants and you know, I, yes, you do pinch yourself. I always consider myself so lucky and fortunate that I'm able to, to visit these places, and especially coming from uh, the desert, from coming from Santa Fe and New Mexico, you know, landlocked, and we do not get the, the that tropical vibe and definitely not, uh, you know, the kind of rain that uh, uh, parts of the island, uh, you know, that received. And so it really is a, such a wonderfully different experience and, and so exotic in many ways. And, yes, I, I, I appreciate it so much, and I just think to myself how lovely that, that these things have been conserved and preserved and that people take real effort to do that so that they're there for the future and for other people and the future generations mm. to be able to appreciate and to, to mm. learn from as well. And at the same time, you're going to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, and there it is. You know, <laughs> it, the volcanoes do yes. erupt, everyone. We know this now, right? Um, yes. It's not some and, ancient and, thing from the past. No, and it's really interesting because, you know, the most recent one was um, Kila, it was Kilauea. Uh, Kilauea is one of the active volcanoes uh, in the park as well as Mauna Loa. And there was a, an eruption on Kilauea in the caldera. I think it was in 20, started in 2021, I believe, um, later in 2021, and actually did not, it completely ended, so to speak, for the time being, um, just uh, in early March uh, of this year. And so, um, you know, when we were there, you know, you could definitely see all the, the steam, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the arising, you know, from, from the um, uh, crater from the, the bottom. And it was just, it was, uh, it, it's such a kind of a surreal and, you know, this ancient, feeling yet it's not it's you know this is very humbling this is happening to uh, uh these processes are happening there's nothing we can do about it these are our um earth's origins their evidence you know the, these forces that are still at work and have been for so many umpteen years and will continue to be as well so it is is fascinating experience and the park is just this ginormous place and it has so many different um ecological zones and has a has an amazing archaeological record and you know there's a lot of links to the past and to its ranching history it has a military history it has decades of exploration and conservation and you know it is it encompasses those summits of two of the world's most active volcanoes and it's it's amazing. unbelievable so you know i i tell people you know if you don't have much time you know, you you try to do what you can do if you're there, if you're only there for a day or for 24 hours. You do what you can do, and, you know, the hope is, is that you take away, you know, whatever you see, you take away from. Um, but there's there's just an enormous amount of, of of things that you can see and experience there. I want to go on the lava tubes. That, oh, to me, is like a yes. trip. And there's a crater rim drive, and one artist yes. we know, Alice Lees, she went and did every stop and paint, plain air painted oh my the gosh. overlook from from um, the Crater Rim Drive, which I think is amazing because that's something yes. that if you don't get out there hiking, that sometimes these drives are the only thing people get to see in a park. But they really right. go to an effort to make it that you can see something, especially, you know, if um, 
accessibility is an issue and I can imagine it being a little bit of an issue in a park that's yeah, constantly moving from lava. And, and also, you know, it's, you know, definitely, you know, there's, it's, uh, you know, uneven, definitely uneven surfaces, you know, but you can see, you know, there's the calderas, there's the craters, the cones, the, the um, lava, the, there's the ropey lava, and then there's the rough and jagged lava, and there's, you know, lava flows and different, you know, there's so many different things there. The uh, visitor center there at the park is, is very good. Mm -hmm. It has some very good exhibits. Uh, the rangers are excellent. They give you great advice about, you know, what you can see if you have only have this amount of time or this amount of time. There's also oh, a film cool. you can observe. So it's great. So it's, you know, and there's, there's these petroglyph fields. There's, um, you were mentioning the lava tube caves. The one that is, is very famous is Nahuku and uh, or Nehuku, excuse me, I think that's how it's pronounced. And um, it, you, you go into this, you know, you go into this rainforest before you get to this um, lava tube, and it's about 500 years old. And you go across this bridge, and you go into the cave. And uh, it's, you know, if people are un, unclear about what a lava tube is, it's really it was made once a riverbed of lava. So the crust, I think, of the the outer crust hardened and the other lava continued to flow. And so it made this tube and it's amazing. I mean, I've been in lava tubes at Mount St. Helens where you have to crawl inside them. This one, you could walk, you know, standing up without wow. a problem, but it was just, it was such a cool experience. I think that's, you know, one of the most, one of the notable, you know, sites or attractions there. I think it's wild because from the photos I've seen and it's like, the park itself, like you've got this lava and it's the calderas. And so it almost looks like high desert. Then you turn around and then there's like tropical. Right. It's like this yeah. contrast that to me, I think that kind of thing is amazing to, to just see how biodiversity can be when we oh, protect absolutely. it. And in and, and this park, you know, this park, not only it's all the, the uh, environmental things and the landscape, but, you know, there are also, you know, they have a very um, big cultural connection. So, you know, you've got historic foot trails and you've got, you know, the ruins of, of fishing villages that were once there. And of course, wow. uh, some of, some of these caves, the lava tube caves were inhabited uh, by people umpteen years ago. So there, you know, it's not only the geological forces, but it's, it's also the cultural aspect of this park so it's really immense and wonderful and it can be overwhelming for people the first time and so i think it's important for them to you know to, to look at it in in parts and pieces and decide you know what do they really what's important to them and get some advice from the rangers as to what are the highlights that, that are important uh for them to see you know and what do they really want to experience when they're at at the park and to understand mm -hmm. that yes it's yes it's going to rain and, and uh you know just to wear good good shoes and uh you know waterproof uh you know, raincoats and whatever and just go and and have a wonderful time Mm, I think to me, yeah, and on go to the National Park Service website, nps.gov. Yes. Um, and whenever you go to any park, you know, and you went to another NPS site too, um, and, you know, always go there beforehand because, I mean, there could be an eruption and you need to know yes. where you can or cannot go. And, I mean, that goes with every single time you go to a park, things change, construction, um, I mean, because there's a lot yeah, of roads, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Anything get can be changing. Out or, yeah, exactly. Or prescribed burns, fire, you know. Yeah, yeah um, It's exactly. always good to go to the park's website first or even call them, depending on, 
you know, who, what, and where, um, I, even state parks, you know, to check it out yes. first. So um, I think that's that's just always sound advice. And um, try and plan it from the websites too, like what you like and, and definitely like you're right. saying, the Rangers have so much information and I think it's exciting now that we've kind of moved out of the COVID crazy to um, get back to Ranger programs and stuff like that is so that, you know, it. Yes. I mean, those are the coolest things when you can go to programs. And, yes, and um, get and get guided tour experiences with rangers who explain to you as you're walking a trail or whatever it is, what is it that you're seeing? What is the connection here? What is the historical emphasis? What is the, you know, biodiversity emphasis? What 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 are the plants? You know, all that kind of stuff. It it, it definitely uh I think gives you a more Richer experience is what I want to mm -hmm. say. It enriches your experience when you can have somebody. And we talked about this before, whether it's a hiking guide or a naturalist or whatever it is, or kayaking guide. But anybody who, who has familiarity with the area and has the knowledge base is, is truly, to me, a gift, a real gift. I, I agree. And I want to get into your snorkeling adventures. But first, I want to go back to Hilo. And you went to uh, Rainbow Falls. Oh, oh I I, who doesn't oh. want to go to Rainbow Falls just for the name, right? And did you did see rainbows when yes. you were, were in? Uh, yes, absolutely. Because it, you know what? It was raining, and then we pulled up, and all of a sudden the rain stopped, and the sun came out, and it was like people were just like, "Oh, look!" You know, it really is Rainbow Falls. You know, and there's you know, I mean, there's this wonderful legend uh, there. You know, and it's it's you can read about that, that they share that with you there. And, you know, it's just, it was, it was very special because a lot of times when something is called something, you go there and you, you would love to see what, what it is that it was called named for, but a lot of times that doesn't happen. And so it's really kind of cool when it actually, you know, comes true. And then uh, there is a state park called Akakas Falls uh, State Park, which is a bit north of Hilo, and there's a, a couple of waterfalls there. There's a, a uh, towering, towering Akaka Falls, which is 442 feet that it, it plunges into this gorge. And as you're walking through this loop trail, I said that I felt like it was, honey, I shrunk the kids up feeling because you're so dwarfed by the surroundings. I mean, these just unbelievable, huge, giant bamboo groves and, you know, these draping ferns and, you know, like you mentioned, wild orchids. And it's like, you you know, you just are, it's just such a cool sensation. I thought that was just it's such a wonderful experience, you know, but it really did make me feel like, oh my gosh, I feel so little in this place, you know. But that's awesome though. I mean, because it's just, it, yeah, you feel, you get, to that, you know, that level of humility in a way where nature is yes. so overpowering. Humbling, yet it's like, humbling. Humbling, you know? there yeah. you go, humbling, that's yeah. the word. Yeah. yeah, it's like, wow. And But to me, <laughs> you're talking about, you know, a, a rainforest with orchids, wild orchids and bamboo yeah. and ferns. Like, did you expect like Jurassic Park? I know Jurassic Park yes. was filmed in Hawaii, but did you yeah, feel definitely. like... Yeah, definitely. Yep. Definitely, you get you get that that you you definitely get that primordial feeling like there might be a dinosaur coming through the. the, the you know, uh, Nancy's bamboo, jealous you know? now. Nancy will do anything to hang out with dinosaurs. She's yeah. addicted to dinosaur stuff. She is. The other day, she was talking about there was a giant penguin that was found, um, oh the, a fossil of a giant penguin, a giant Ooh. the size Ooh. of Shaquille O'Neal. Oh my god. 
<gasps> I know. So Nancy's happy. Oh she's gosh. very happy, even though she's doing Texas as we know. We're, we're not. But anyway, she, she's, she, she is all about it. So if there's any kind of, oh, yeah, they were here eating those ferns. The ferns were grass, Definitely. man. The palm yeah. trees are grass get, you, at that you, point. You, you get that, yeah. that, that totally feeling. And I mentioned that, you know, if, if uh, the flora is something that you're really interested in, I really uh, urge people to, to go to the tropical uh, bioreserve in the garden. It's like, it's just such a feast for the senses. It's, it's amazing. This couple, the Luke, I think the Lutkenkauses, uh, Dan and Pauline, they discovered this valley, the Onomea uh, valley back in the 70s, and they took 40 acres of this jungle, so to speak, and they created a 20-acre natural greenhouse. And there's more than 2,000 plant species there. So what? You take 2,000 mile plant and a half, species? I know. And and you take this pathway, you know, that leads you into the valley, and you're going past waterfalls. You're going by mango trees, and you know, it. You feel like you're in this in Eden, so to speak. It's it's so vibrant, so dazzling. And, you know, you, there's these African tulips and there's hibiscus and ginger and, you know, spider lilies. And at the end of the oh. valley is the Pacific Ocean and you just are there. And it's what? absolutely stunning. It's truly, truly, uh, I would say one of, one of the highlights for me. I, so this is when my friend, you know, calls me from Hawaii. She says, Lisa, I've learned that this is where I must be um, in life. I understand now. Like that's when she says that, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, um, yeah. she just goes, no, I learned my body prefers it here. And that's that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's, that's all she says. My body wants to be here. And that's that I'm going to be here, but it sounds so beautiful. I mean, so this is the Hawaii uh, tropical bioreserve and garden for people to go to, but like you, you were talking about in there in your article about it, you go on this, you know, trip, like they've got African tulips and like we were saying, and then, uh, century old mango trees. Listen, I'm in with that. I'm, I, you know, I want to be in the tropics. I want to be in an area where I can eat mangoes year round that aren't being shipped <laughs> in. Like that's, that's what I want. And you went to a farmer's market down the road too. And I love that you do that. Nancy and I like to go to farmer's markets oh, and people, I love they, them. they don't understand like as travelers, it's not just for locals. You need to go yeah. to the farmer's markets. That's a huge part of it is what you is know, you growing. See all, what yeah, what's eat. growing? What's, what's, what's natural here? What's uh, in season here? And, you know, sample and taste and look and, I mean, ask questions. I mean, I love farmer's markets for all that reason. And they're usually very colorful. And the, the people who are the vendors and, you know, purveyors, I mean, they're always very you know, very uh, welcoming and they're, they always are happy to answer all your questions and you can chat with them and, uh, you know, you don't have to feel like you have to buy something, but of course it's fun to taste things, you know, so, wow. uh, you know, buy a few things and taste them. It's, it's, a, it's a great experience. And well, it's kind of cool is, that you were there yeah. at the farmer's market and this is also in Hilo. So you're right. there and yet you're going to these gardens so you can see them where they're grown and then you can go right. and get the fruit of the bounty, literally. Absolutely. And there's another one, another garden that I think is kind of important in the Hilo area. And that, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to pronounce it, but Luli Wokulani. 
yeah, Lulu Luli Wokulani Garden is this beautiful garden right on the the bay, the Hilo Bay area, and um, it was named uh, for the queen of the same name, a Hawaiian uh, monarch, and so it's dedicated to the Japanese immigrants who were living uh, living in Hilo, mm-hmm. um, and it's supposedly the largest uh, Edo style or Edo style garden outside of uh, Japan. So you're gonna you walk through and you do feel like you're in. Uh, Japan because there is koi and there are bamboo glades and there's these stone lanterns and a traditional Ooh. tea house and you know so it's very lovely and it's right right there next to the bay so it's you know you get beautiful views of the water as well so that's also a nice nice uh, garden to visit you know so uh, and, and you've been people. to Japan right yeah and you do feel like as you're walking through it it's like you know yes they did a wonderful yeah. job to to recreate that that experience. Wow, wow. So you also went when you were in Hilo uh, to the Lyman Museum and Mission House. So this is interesting because this brings in some of the missionary history to the area. So I mean, there's so there's colonial history, there's missionary history, there's, you know, there's, yes, there's all Yeah, yeah, it's culturally diverse is the way to say it. And very much so because there was a lot of immigrants that came to Hawaii and uh, they came to farm, they came to work. And uh, so the Lyman Mission House was uh, originally built uh, for these New England missionaries. Their names were David and Sarah Lyman, and this was back in the 1830s. And um, then their descendants uh, established the museum. And uh, the, the mission house is actually on the state natural registers of historic places. And the mission house, you, you need a guided tour to go inside. But the museum is incredible. It has this wonderful collection of artifacts. And there's a lot of natural history displays. And uh, there is a, a whole island heritage uh, gallery area about all the cultural groups that immigrated uh, to the island and their influence. And, uh, you know, you'll see how people, early Hawaiian people lived and, you know, how, how the culture was affected. Um, but also there's this incredible, in the Earth Heritage section, there's an incredible collection of minerals and sea life. Wow. And uh, it, it is crazy. It's just, you know, in lava samples, I was, I was amazed to see the different forms that lava can take. And, you know, so that, that, was, that was a great, uh, a great stop, I think, um, I urge people to do that as well. It's also a nice place if you do want to get out of the rain to go inside the museum. <laughs> so. Well, they, they, yeah, but that but that's the truth, right? And yeah. you've got to think about, you know, the early peoples and, yes. you know, how they lived in these places while there was a lot of rain. So, you know, we as travelers and tourists may get, oh, like, man, it's raining this. I think that's time to kind of understand yes. you know what people yes. went through in a way yeah and, you know? and and all these different people that came to the island and what was their influence on the culture you know how did it affect the culture and that was fascinating to me so um you know if you're interested in the history of the island if you're interested in the people if you're interested in the natural history and uh you know it's it's to me a, a great place and it's not it, you know you you go in and you think it might be a, a little tiny little place but actually it's it's you know, there's this upstairs and then downstairs in the museum, and there's there's quite a few exhibits. So it's it's a good place. It's a really nice place. That's cool. That is cool. I'm I'm excited because you've done quite a bit of Hawaii. So have you done all the yes. islands now? I think I of... have, except for Lanai, um, which I oh, have not okay. done um, yet. But uh, yeah, no, I've done. I've now done the other islands. So I 
I uh, am I'm I feel really lucky and fortunate to have gotten to see and each island is so different there's different uh, you know landscape to the different islands and uh, you know different history and different people and and it's you know to me it's it's uh, it's it's not like saying, oh, every island, you know, if you've seen one island, you see them all. Not at all. Not at all. Mm. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, going to be different because each island, like even when you went to the Channel Islands National Park, right? They talk right. about just the endemic species of that island. Yes. Like that one yes. island is going to have this. It's not going to be the and same the way. Like if, right. Yeah. It's it's all unique. And it's like going saying that England and Ireland are the same. No, they're right. not. And even right. the cultures are going to tell you, no, we have different beliefs. Right. So, yes. you know, yeah, we it, all know it, that historically. So, so, so different. Yeah. So different. And I'd like to to uh, mention that if, if people are looking for uh, a unique place to stay in the Hilo area mm. of the island, um, something that's not a resort, something that's not, you know, uh, uh, that has maybe it's a little bit off off the beaten path, so to speak, is uh, the Kulaniapia Falls, the inn at Kulaniapia Falls. Oh, and so are you at a waterfall? It, it Once again, uh, you know, attracted to the falls, and there is this gorgeous falls on the property, and it's a privately accessible waterfall. And you're just minutes from town, but you're going to feel like you're quite worlds away. It's, it's very peaceful. Um, everything's about nature there. Uh, there's uh, an Asian inspiration in terms of the accommodations in the building. And, um, you know, when you're sitting out and having breakfast on the deck there, you're overlooking the falls. And so it's probably one of the most, as I said, picturesque locations where you can eat your, your eggs, your waffles, your Hawaiian bread, your, your fresh pineapple. Ooh. And you're just watching Ooh. the waterfalls and it's just listening to the water. And to me, it was just a special a special experience. Plus, the inn is very eco-friendly. It's a sustainable property, so they generate all their power from a hydroelectric system that's powered by the falls and solar panels. So you're not, but you're not roughing it. It's not like you're, you know, completely, you know, out there with nothing. You've got all these amenities. You've got still got high-speed Wi-Fi. You still have hair dryers and hot showers, you know, and um, you know. So it, it to me, it was very special. It's it's just such a unique, a unique retreat. I love that they're so environmentally friendly and that people can realize that I, I think, you know, solar power, it, it, there's, there's responsible and irresponsible ways of doing it. And when it's actually being done like on properties and things like that and hydroelectric systems, that there's a way for people to start to understand. So when they go to properties that do this, they can see it firsthand and say, oh, I did have a hot shower. And... You know, I was taking hot shower and, and my partner over there was, you know, using the, right. the hairdryer at the same time and we didn't short out. You know? Right, like, right, right. That's, exactly. That's important what you what you just said there. And then to have this incredible view yeah, is amazing to me. And very, breakfast, very you, mentioned, you mentioned Hawaii bread. So let's talk about this Hawaiian bread because we get it over here in the States and you look at it and go, okay. It's a little sweeter. There's something yes. special about it. Is it the same that we get on the, you know, the grocery store shelves versus when you're over there? I mean, are we anywhere close to it? It's uh, almost I like Portuguese are, bread to me in a way. Yeah, there, the sweetness. and there are places I think that probably do, uh, you know, do come close or they get it from Hawaii. So it, you know, it comes as close as it can, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think it originated actually 
in uh, Hilo, actually, from what, I, from what I understood. I remember hearing or reading something maybe back in the 50s. But um, it's, it is kind of like a, a, a sweet uh, bread. It's soft bread. It's very mm-hmm. um, stretchy almost, you know. It's got mm-hmm. – uh, and, it, and it's I, – I think it really uh, is very, very – I love it. I, I always would ask – for Hawaiian bread. I mean, you had your choice, and I was like, no, 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 I want the Hawaiian bread, please. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're, yeah, you're there, and you want it from there, yeah. Yes, that's, yes. That's, I just, I always wondered if it's, like, kind of similar to once you're over here. It's like, I know we're all the same country yeah. and everything. Yeah, but, yeah, I think But there's people that mass produce, clear. like, stuff, and then you want to know, you want, like, right. the original, and, like, you know, Portuguese bread, it's, you've got to, it's got to come from a Portuguese bakery, I think, you know, so that's kind of where I'm going with it. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, it's, I have uh, friends who import their bread. So I'm like, I understand, you know, yeah. you want it as close as you, like, they'll get it from Boston or something like that, you know. Right, um, right. Or, or from, you know, like Central California has amazing array of um, Portuguese bakeries. So, but it's kind of similar, the Portuguese bread. And yes. um, some of some of it, but it's not the same because everyone's not different. Not quite the same. No, that's no. why you travel because then you'll start of to go. No, nope, it's not the same. It's you may different. think so. <laughs> it's different. So then you went to Kona, and I'm always excited to hear about Kona because everyone talks about coffee coming from Kona, and oh, yes. I want to know before we talk about your amazing diving adventures. Is the coffee as good as everyone says that comes on the it shows? Is. Like, it's, it's extremely it is. good. It's, if the know, fire monkey says so. I think so. You know, because I mean, I, I she has to fuel her fire. <laughs> I, I, I particularly uh, like it. It's, um, I don't know, it's very rich. It's, um, it has a distinct taste and a, a flavor. And, you know, it's only Kona coffee, you know, 100% Kona coffee is grown on uh, a stretch of land um, that is basically almost 30 square miles, I think, on Kona, that you can call it Kona Coffee. And it's one of about, I think, maybe six to 700 coffee farms in this, what they call a Kona Coffee Belt. And so that's where the coffee grows. And so when you want true Kona Coffee, it has to come from this belt uh, the swath of, of land oh, okay. because the conditions are very favorable for growing uh, coffee there. They have that, of course, the volcanic soil, which is very rich. There's um, a great natural irrigation system, you know. And so anyway, so, you know, people who do go to Kona often will, uh, if they like coffee, will go to take a tour of a coffee farm. And there are, are several of them that do tours. Um, we chose this one that was called uh, Heavily, he- excuse me, Heavenly Hawaiian. And mm. I had heard and read that this property had the most gorgeous view. It's it's up high. Um, and so it is. It's It's truly incredible that the the views are amazing from the the hilltop location you're overlooking the ocean and then of course all the you know coffee plants and 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 so your guide talks to you about the different varieties and shows you the machines they process the beans and you know what they do they're trying to combat these are challenging invasive species that they you know have and uh you know, it, it's amazing because I learned that one coffee tree produces only one pound of coffee. So think about how many trees are oh needed my gosh. to satisfy everybody's in the world's consumption of coffee. Because believe me, there's a lot of coffee <laughs> that's drinking tra- in the well, world. That's... And so it's amazing to find that out, you know. 
and then to really understand why it's important to get coffee that is you know they're farming it responsibly absolutely you know? absolutely yeah. and uh, so it's nice and of course then any tour has you know the opportunity to, to sample different uh coffee which is wonderful you know so uh, oh, man. yeah it was it was a lovely experience and our guide was very knowledgeable so that that was great but the the contrast of that is the historical perspective and so there's the Kona coffee living mm. history farm which is fascinating because there was a, a, a there was a, a family there the Uchida family uh, and they lived there three generations of the family uh, between the 20s and 1994, I think. And so you get to see how these pioneers, these coffee pioneers, how they lived and worked there. And you can take a self-guided tour and walk around and see the, the daily life of this family. You can see their photos. You can see their furniture. They had religious altars. They had all these artifacts that wow. were, of course, speaking to the traditions of Japanese immigrant families who came to Kona. So and and I put a note in the story that uh, by 1910 the Japanese made up more than 80 percent of the Kona coffee farming. Population. Wow, so that's an interesting fact, you know. I, mean, I that's I I think it is, and it's something that you know people may not even realize, you know. No. Um, no. Who's who's farming that and making it and roasting it and making it all happen? And so this is this is interesting too. So you go through. The coffee farms, but I do want to go into the fact that you went snorkeling with the Kona oh, Boys, gosh. Fire Monkey and the yes. Kona Boys. That sounds like a good album name. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a band great name. name for a yeah. That's a exactly, band name. Group, it's a band for a name. Band name. <laughs> Fire Monkey and the Kona Boys. This <laughs> anyway, the the Kona Boys is a uh, a company that uh, you know offers um, not only rentals of kayaks and, and stand-up paddle boards and things, but they do guided tours. And one of the more popular ones is uh, I did the Midday Meander, which is the Kealakekua Bay Kayak and Snorkel Tour. So this particular bay is a uh, it's, it's a marine life conservation dis- district uh, in there, and it is a beautiful, incredible underwater park and mm. one of the most protected deep water bays in the uh, islands. And so um, we had a guide, and we kayaked across the bay, and you kayak across the bay to one of the most incredible reefs uh, with over 200 species of fish and turtles and eels and sharks and rays. Mm. And the fish were amazing. I mean, I've gone snorkeling many times in many places around the world, and I was pretty in awe of the fish and the coral and the colors, which were dazzling, I really did not want to get out of the water. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. And you've snorkeled all over the world. Yes. You know, yeah. so, yes. yeah, this Everywhere. is, it, it's important to kind of give a contrast of you really getting it from a, a global perspective. Because, you know, we think, Hawaii, oh, it's still part of our country. It's not as tropical and as, as you know, no, that's not true. Oh, no, no, no. And it, it, it was, it was quite amazing. And you snorkel to this, you're snorkeling in this reef, and then in, it, it's, it's right there across from Captain Cook's monument. So then, of course, your guide is going to talk to you about, you know, this, the mm. explorer's experiences and, you know, all the things that he did and, and, and found, but also his, uh, what happened to him in the end. And there is a marker that denotes where he was killed, um, the hands of a very incensed crowd back in 1779. So you're going to hear a lot about the Captain Cook history, which was fascinating, even though I knew some of it and, you know, had kind of vague 
vague remembrances of things that I'd read. Um, this, you know, the guide that we had was was quite knowledgeable. So that was a fascinating uh, story to hear. You know, so that that oh, wow. was that was wonderful. A really wonderful uh, trip. A really great experience. I think if you do go to Hawaii and you do do like the water, that snorkeling is going to be a, a, a wonderful treat for you. Oh, man, this is cool to go and do that. And, and then also hear some of the history part. To me, that is also just yes. to connect it all, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, you know history is everywhere. Uh, you know, they have, uh, the, they have national historic parks. And, uh, you know, mm. one of the famous ones that I'm going to try to pronounce is. I'm waiting for Pua, you to do it instead of okay. me. <laughs> Pua, okay. Pua Nua O Ho Now Now. That's right, Pua Nua Oho Now Now National oh, wow. Historic Park, and it translates to mean the place of refuge of mm. Ho Now Now, and it is one of the most sacred historic places uh, for Hawaii, and it was once home of royal crowns. It was also a safe haven, and this was a very interesting to learn for those who broke the kapu or these ancient Hawaiian laws, and the, these people were punishable by death, but. If these people were able to elude their captors, they were able to get to this refuge, uh, they could get absolution. They could be absolved from a high priest, and they would be pardoned, and they would be given a wow. second chance at life. And so this was very interesting that this, this was a refuge, but understand that it wasn't a matter of just getting there. This Getting there was actually, actually was the hard part because, um, you know, there was shark, the seas were shark infested. There was black lava rocks not hindering, you know, people coming and they came usually from the seaside. So it was very interesting to learn about that. And you can explore the grounds, mm. you can walk around, you can see, uh, the, the different things that are there that were constructed of lava rock. There's a temple there, the Haleo Kiwi Temple, which is guarded by these wooden symbols uh, that symbolize the, the Hawaiian gods. There is a canoe house, a canoe landing, and then there's cultural demonstrations that are conducted uh, on certain days. And we were there, and we saw a woman who was weaving baskets from the coconut fronds, and there was a man who was making poi. So it was fascinating to watch them, wow. to talk to them, to hear about their experiences, um, and to learn about these traditional uh, art forms or craft forms. So that was fascinating, fascinating. I it's it's always nice to hear it from like the people themselves, you know. Yes, of course. I think Absolutely. that's that is special. I mean, for you to be Absolutely. able to actually yeah. have that, you know, and um, yeah, that that's important. So that was that was a wonderful thing. And another tour that I'd recommend is the Kona Sea Salt tour, which is was oh, wonderful. Yes. Uh, this is a farm that harvests Hawaiian salt from deep seawater from deep ocean water that uh it, it it's called kona sea salt it's the only sea salt in the world that's made from pure 900 year old deep ocean water and the reason it's rich in minerals rich in flavor it's one of the highest quality mm. finishing salts in the world so um yeah it, it, it you know a pipeline is used to bring the ocean water on shore and then it's put into this evaporation system we saw this step-by-step -step process and it's dried by the sun and then the crystals are scooped up by the hand, 
and they're put into these uh, wooden hoppers, and they dry them, and then they inspect them by hand, and they package them. And at the end of the tour, the fun part, of course, also is to get to taste all these Kona Pure and flavored salts. And uh, and wow. ma- there were many of them, different flavors, which I loved. You know, it was just a, it was a fun opportunity. And but I think really this different. is huge because yeah. the salt thing is actually a really big deal because a lot of our salt Absolutely. now has chemicals. We used to go to the store and get salt and it was salt, and now we're not getting that. It's not right. the same. Right, um, right. It is not. And so to be able to get some pure salt that's, done you know responsibly and and people you know when i talk about stuff like this they think i'm nuts but um no, i'm not it's, it's it and you can taste the difference i mean i found it to be you know i found the salt to be delicious and i you know di- different flavors i love they had herbs in them or garlic or there was lemon rosemary or maui onion you know ooh. it was just like ooh, and they gave you you know different things that you could taste them with fruits and veggies and yeah it was it was, it was a, a, a great experience but the food and Hawaii for me is is just it's a smorgasbord of wonderful wonderful options and especially because I'm a pescatarian it you know fish and seafood oh. are my thing and that you get the freshest of the fresh there. So yeah, let's talk about the food because I know you had another awesome place that you stayed as well. I want to hear about um, but the food it sounds like you were in heaven literally food wise. Absolutely, you know there is everything from. As I said, macadamia nut crusted mahi mahi. There's poke bowls. There's coconut shrimp. There's bouillabaisse. There's sushi. There's sashimi. There's acai bowls and you know wonderful tropical fruits that you can try as well. Mm. And then we mentioned about the shave ice. And so yeah, it's just to me it was a delight to eat on Hawaii. I don't think I, you know, I don't think I could ever find something that I didn't like there. It was it was just everything's just it's delicious and uh, mm. as I said fresh and you know coming from the sea or coming from the land and uh, so yeah that's to me eating is was a is definitely a, a part of Hawaii. <laughs> what was what was staying at the Outrigger Kona Resort and Spa like? It was wonderful you know it's a completely different uh type of situation than the one we had in Hilo, which was a nice contrast. And, uh, you know, you're perched on these lava cliffs of the Keaho Bay. And so it's a beautiful views uh, from the room and from all over the the place. And, you know, uh, tons of amenities. And, you know, you you definitely can watch a a sunset there quite easily every night. And, uh, you know, just, just sit on your lanai for hours and uh, it, it has everything. There's a lagoon-style pool. There's a water slide. There's a spa where there's, you know, and they have all sorts of uh, traditional activities uh, like um, laymaking and hula and ukulele lessons. And, of course, they oh, wow. have a, a luau there at night on several nights of the week. But it also has a manta ray viewing deck, which I thought was That's what I wanted different. to hear about. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So this is one of the places in the world, the the Kona Coast, where you can view these giant manta rays. And the Outrigger Kona, these creatures sometimes come at dusk to feed right in front of the resort. Also, they have like a whole education area for uh, this particular uh, creature. It's called the Manta Center, and you can, you know, learn about them through these education talks. You can take a snorkel at night with them at the Manta Ray Village. Um, so it's really amazing. We saw, uh, we caught the like last 
part of them when they were there uh, in front of the resort. And um, I couldn't, the pictures, I were not, they were very blurry. I couldn't really get good pictures, but we yeah. did see one or two of them there and they are giant. They are huge, but it was just such a cool experience and such a neat, uh, neat addition to this property that I thought made it very special. That's amazing. So from Kona to to Hawaii itself, the, the island of Hawaii, um, how far is that? And do you just drive there for people? Oh, you to mean from like Kona, Kona to Hilo, you mean? Yeah, yeah. That's where I should be saying oh. from, yeah. Uh, you know, probably about an hour and a half, maybe. Oh, that's nothing. Um, driving, right? You're driving through the center part of the island. There is uh, now a road through the center part of the, the island. And, and I think that's what it was. Um in terms of time-wise, so it's not that, you know, big of a, mm. a of a situation. It's about one and a half hours, and uh, you know, most people who go to to the island usually uh, will rent a car if they're going to go and explore different parts of the island. You know, especially if they want to go from one side to the other. But there's, you know, if people wanted to stay only in Kona, for example, and then you know, go to Volcano National Park for the day they can take tours you know they have special tours that will take people up for the day and 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 guide them through the the park so uh you know sometimes it's not necessary you can just hang out in kona and then do a series of guided tours each day in different places sounds awesome i want to go yes, i want to you go should <laughs> I think, you know, that's the thing. I, you know, our friends keep like, oh, you got to come over. You're not going to, you know. And um, I'm just like, I don't know. I may never come back. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. sounds well, like one know, of those places that could just kind of suck you yes. in and, and, you know. Because um, yes. I know you get sucked into places like Oregon. And, um, you well, know, you, know you get, I, I get, I get, I get. I get Don't you get sucked in everywhere in a way? It's like Yeah, kind of I think like... I do. I think I do because everywhere's different and I appreciate yeah. the difference of every place, the uniqueness of it. So yeah, it's easy to get sucked into to uh different places because, you know, this is just it gets you outside your box like we've talked about, you know. So if you've lived mm. all your life and you lived in in uh, the desert, you've lived all your life in the you know, the Pacific Northwest oh or no. New England or wherever it is, or in the South, you know, the Midwest and, you know, you get to go to someplace else and experience that particular part of the country or the world. It's it's truly special, you know. It's just like... Just it is. And, and now you're it's going... Different. You're going overseas again. See, check I it out. I am. I am heading to France and to Portugal and to Portugal's Azores Islands, which I'm very excited about. So, yeah, I oh. will have much to talk about when I get back. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, you have safe travels. Um, we can't wait you. to catch up with you when you get home and um, tell us about, you know, Europe. And, uh, yes. oh, my God, you're going to Portugal. Oh, so we'll get a real update on, on the sweet bread, right? Like, That's you know, right. I'm going to make it a, definitely a, a point of, of uh, uh, investigating, okay? <laughs> oh, it's all about that doughy goodness that we all yes. love and, and doctors tell us not to yes. eat. We say, you know what? Yep. You're not my doctor yep. anymore. <laughs> no. Just kidding. But I everyone need, again. I need to sample. I need to sample it all. Yes. I, you know what I mean? That's the other thing. We're travelers. Sampling is, yes. is part of our, our life, you know. Um, Absolutely. Everyone, National 
sparktraveling.com is a website where you can go for Debbie's article on Hawaii. Just type in Debbie Stone Hawaii and you'll find it. And also go to gohawaii.com. And uh, if you go there, that's a great resource to plan your trip. It has uh, all the places she's talking about for Island of Hawaii. And also for the inn, uh, go to waterfall.net. Outrigger, Conus Resort and Spa, go to outrigger.com forward slash Hawaii. It's all on your website, uh, on the article on the website. It's easier than me trying to, no one's going to write it all down and put all the dashes. So just go to the article and go to uh, gohawaii.com. And um, I also don't want to mess up all the names either. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Uh, I, I have respect for, for the people and uh, their cultural history and um Definitely the islands over the years doing so many interviews about uh, Hawaii. I, it's just, I, it, to me, it just seems like the magical place. And once you go, you'll get sucked in and, and that will be that. And I know many people that that's happened to them. And I'm like, oh, I know, I know, yeah, I know yeah. what's happening there. But safe travels, Fire Monkey. Thank we can't you. wait to hear about your next set of adventures. Okay, sounds good. Thanks so much again. Take care. Thanks. You too. Take care. Bye-bye.